What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the June 30th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, you can call me John, and I am joined, as always, by the king of the courtside, the courtside king, or as he is now going by, after a very impressive prediction streak, the rinkside prophet, put it in chat, spam it, hashtag rinkside prophet, simple as that. Joey, what's up, buddy? Yeah, man, we had a good run with the Stanley Cup. Congrats again to your Avalanche on hoisting the trophy, even though it, they did struggle to hoist it that one time and gave it a little bit of a drop, let's say. Um, he, go ahead. He skated and <laughs> fell because the ice in Tampa Bay is, is absolute slush. Uh, so so we're going to blame it on the Lightning for that, for sure, for sure. Well, you know what they say. In the end, they still lifted the trophy. They still brought it home. A lot of young players on that team, uh, but some veterans as well, still deserving in a big win there for Colorado in NHL. But, John... This is the Games Podcast, and there is a ton to talk about. Go ahead and take us through that juicy opening. Oh, it's, it's juicy. Juicy oh, it's opening. Juicy. It is juicy. Uh, okay, let's see here. Uh, Nation, uh, don't don't get too juicy with this one. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Level Up Live. That is at LVLUP Live. And while you're on Twitter, it's not required, but it is encouraged. Follow Joey and myself on Twitter at Courtside King for Joey, at Fiasco for myself. If you're watching here live on Twitch, this is easy for you. They're spelled out right in front of you, right below the mugshots you're currently staring at. And if you listen to the podcast version of the show later on down the road, have no fear. They're in the show notes for you below. And Nation, as always, while the live show is the place to be here on Twitch on Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time, we also offer the show in the podcast form. Check out the Level Up podcast available on your podcatcher of choice. Just look us up and we are there. Extra credit, as always, if you want to buy affection for a small monthly fee patreon.com slash otn check that out as well and also discord.me slash otn come join a fun community of absolute uh mischiefs and debauchery and and fun and i guess whatever else whatever other descriptors you want to use i don't think debauchery is the word joey's going for but uh, i'm gonna go ahead and throw that in there and i wouldn't have been the first one i went for but it it does (sighs) add a new flavor to the text you know it spices it up uh joey i'm gonna stop talking and throw it over to you what in the world are we talking about tonight on level of live john that is a great question uh we were trying to get our notes together not quite fully done here but still plenty on the slate to touch on nintendo They had a big direct this week, a mini as they called it, but still showed 25 plus games. We'll be diving into that about their partners, uh, including the Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope showcase that followed that a little bit later in the week. We have Cuphead, new DLC launch today. Tencent showcased some really cool stuff, including the new start engine. I know that one will get T-Spans excited over there. We have a new Hearthstone expansion. Games done quick. It continues to fascinate me. Really cool stuff going on there and a lot of money being raised. Uh, as well for Doctors Without Borders. We have acquisitions, roster changes, and so much more, John. I feel like there's just a lot to touch on. Uh, A lot of this show will be that Nintendo Direct, but a number of other topics as well. Holy smokes, Batman. What an action-packed adventure we have tonight on Level Up Live. Joe, before we even dive headfirst into tonight's episode, before we even talk about all these amazing topics, we have to talk about our drink of choice first. And... um, it's been a while. It's been a while. So, so I feel like we need to pick up the pace here just a wee bit. Joey, what is your beverage of choice here for tonight's episode? Well, John, uh, this one's a little fun. Not the drink itself, but guys, I think my AC might be dying. So it's very oh. hot here. Uh, so my face is probably going to get super red throughout the night. Um, but I'm also just drinking water to stay hydrated. I have some flavored water. It's, I think, key lime. Yeah, key lime. The can is sweating, if you guys can't tell. Um, so it's a little toasty over here, but we're working our way. We're trying to stay hydrated tonight. <laughs> pot of luck i swear no that is not what i'm having uh from 
on the show. We're not having that. We're not going to say that out loud either. Uh, Joey, uh, so you touched on it before the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup, and today was their parade. And uh, there is a player on the Avalanche that shares my last name, at least the pronunciation of my last name. Uh, and what he was doing is he was crushing Trulies throughout the entire parade. So in honor of my fake namesake for winning the Stanley Cup, we are also crushing Trulies tonight. I was really hoping you were going to be drinking some liquid form of the ice from one of the games. I think that would have been pretty cool tonight. So fun fact, <laughs> Coors Light made a championship ice edition of Ooh. Coors Light limited to 200 cans using ice shavings from game one of the Stanley Cup finals in Denver. Uh don't worry, it was like put through like a purification process. So like all the paint, blood and sweat and spit that's in there, that's in the can. I guarantee you no, no one's going to be drinking that. Uh, but they purified it for 200 lucky cans. So there you go. Wow. So, so I guess Pot of Luck will be on the market looking for the Tampa Bay edition of those. Hey-oh. <laughs> it's already a slushy. Joey, we have our beverages. We kind of know what we're talking about. We're going to go on an adventure together here. Let's go ahead. And kick it off with gaming and esports news in this segment, of course, presented by Gamer Bites. Bite-sized gaming and esports news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today as the next edition of Gamer Bites goes out tomorrow morning. Gamer Bites presenting gaming and esports news. Joey, let's go. Absolutely, John. We're going to kick it off with this Nintendo Direct. If you want to pull it up on stream, I don't believe we can play it with any sound, but we can go ahead and play some video clips as we chat through it. Uh, a number of things shown this week. Again, this Direct, not a first-party Direct, so we didn't see a lot of like Legend of Zelda or Metroid Prime, uh, even Splatoon, which I think will probably be shown in July, if I had to guess. Uh, but this one focused on partners. There's third-party partners who are making games for Nintendo. In this case, the Nintendo Switch, which is the hottest-selling console still today's date, uh, pretty much everywhere in the world. So looking at a few of these, we have a port for Nier Automata, really big award-winning game. That is one of the big ports coming over. I believe this one was announced before, but it was shown in some new quality with No Man's Sky also making its way to the Nintendo Switch. And then we have a few other ones in here as well. Uh, Minecraft Legends, which was recently announced at the Xbox conference uh, in for the E3 or not E3 week, whatever you want to call it nowadays, Summer Game Fest. Minecraft Legends will be making its way to Nintendo Switch. And then we have a Portal port coming as well. Uh, that one being, again, one of Valve's classic games, now making its way over to Switch with the Companion Collection. Persona, also highly popular over in Japan, that one also being ported over. Now that we're through all the ports, uh, just one more thing with Persona, though, for those who haven't followed, there are multiple Persona games being ported over. It's the Persona 5 Royale, but they're also doing Persona 4 and Persona 3, and those will be coming to Xbox and PC as well. So... With all that out of the way, John, I think we can play through some of these other big titles here. Uh, we did see a number of other announcements. Let's kick things off with Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise is already super popular on the Nintendo Switch. Now we see it coming with some new expansion action as well. Uh, this latest one, it shows tons of new creatures to go ahead and explore uh, different areas to find them. Uh, Monster Hunter is one of those games where, uh, in a sense, it's kind of like Pokemon where there's a lot of collecting involved, but instead of like capturing these monsters and having them battle for you, you're really kind of just skinning them down uh, and then creating more weapons and armor for yourself. So some really cool stuff in this one. The new expansion, it seems like it's going to drop to very high ratings. Uh, it features characters from the coastal city of Elgato alongside some returning monsters and some new monsters alike. Uh, two of the monsters coming to the first title update are the Sea Thing. Oh, I'm not going to pronounce these well. The Basil Goose, I believe, and the Lucent Narga Kaga. Uh, my Japanese, if that's what this is. 
definitely could use some work. Um, but John, these look cool. I love anything dragon related. You and I are both big fans of that. Obviously, you're excited for WoW's next Dragonflight expansion as well. Um, but this new expansion for Monster Hunter looks pretty good to me. Yeah, it looks it looks great. And of course, uh, T spans uh, in, in chat catching the the error I already made here uh, early on on Level Up on Twitch. Uh, again, podcast viewers, you're missing out all the fun here by not watching Twitch. Yeah, but Monster Hunter, an absolutely fantastic title. I know a lot of people are super excited for this. It looks great. Super excited for it. I wish I had a Switch so I could play it, to be completely honest. But uh, I do not have a Switch. I have not invested in one yet, mainly because I don't have time. Um, <laughs> I don't know when I'd ever play on the Switch. I don't commute to work. And when I did, well, I do commute, but I'm usually driving. So I can't play the Switch while driving. Uh, challenge accepted sometimes on 95 Safety when first, it's a parking John, lot, Safety though. first, Safety <laughs> first. Absolutely not. Now, not when 95 is a parking lot, Joe. I can just sit there and just game away, right? It, that's completely legal and not against the law here in the great state of Virginia. Uh, nonetheless, though, Joey, I know a lot of people are super excited for this, and several OTN members are big Monster Hunter fans as well, uh, and I know they're pretty hyped for this too. Absolutely. So you have some new age stuff with Monster Hunter, new DLC action coming in. But on top of that, John, we got some classics as well. Let's take a look at a few of them. Super Bomberman R2. Bomberman being one of those classic games, now getting a sequel to the classic Bomberman game here. This one's set to release in 2023. John, were you ever a big fan of Bomberman growing up? I honestly didn't play a ton of it but I do see its appeal for sure. Freaking love Bomberman. Uh, definitely paid, played it back in the day. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It, it's a very, very fun game. Big, big fan of it. Chat is getting a little crazy over here. Um, <laughs> let's talk Mega Man next. Another one, super classic. This one is a legacy connection, or collection rather, Mega Man Battle Network. It's coming to multiple platforms, but it was shown for us here in the Switch Showcase. Uh, it includes 10 original games, new features like a gallery, a music mode, and tons more for Mega Man fans. John, I think this one looks good. I, again, was not a big, big Mega Man player myself, but I think the idea of being able to dive into it on newer platforms like the Switch and to do that with not only one game, not two games, not three, but 10 games altogether, this seems like a great package deal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mega Man, Bomberman, though those are two really awesome childhood games of mine. Uh, super excited for both of them. And last but not least in our world of revamps, remasters, and all that goodness, we have Pac-Man World Repack. A uh, very creative <laughs> punny name coming out there as well. You can eat dots with Pac-Man and his friends as this title launches later this year, August 26th. Uh, the idea of a 3D Pac-Man, uh, which I think has existed before, again, not super into the Pac-Man universe outside of the old arcade game, which was both fun and frustrating in and of itself. Uh, the idea of this going 3D and, again, a repacked version of it is quite unique to me. I'm, uh, yeah. I, did you ever play a 3D Pac-Man? I never played any of them. And to me, this going 3D is just a fascinating thing. Yeah, I'm right there with you. My, my experience with Pac-Man has always been the arcade version. I've, I'll be honest, I, I don't think I realized there was a 3D version of this game even coming out, let alone there being one in the past. But, uh, but yeah, I, I guess it's a thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, next up, let's touch on the return to Monkey Island. Monkey Island is one of those games that always comes up when any kind of pirate game is mentioned, whether it be Sea of Thieves or Skull and Bones or whatever the pirate game may be. Everyone always finds a way to come back to Monkey Island, especially veterans of the gaming industry. This was a game that a lot of people look to uh, for inspiration of why they entered the industry or why they're doing things a certain way they are. Uh, Corey Balrog, or Barlog rather, uh, over on the God of War team at Sony Santa Monica, references this game as one of the games that he's really drawn a lot of inspiration for and a lot of his game design. 
So with that being said, we got a new trailer. Uh, this one's getting love and hate, unfortunately, because gamers are gamers. Uh, a lot of people super interested in it, and a lot of people love the new art style, and then a lot of other people are like, nah, I want the exact classic art style, or I want something that looks even more realistic. And no one seems to settle on this, it seems, at least based on Twitter. Again, small sample size there, but overall, I like the look of this. I love the idea of this IP coming back. Uh, whether it looks like the classic or looks like something different, I like the art style they did fall on. Yeah, so at the end, so this is what kills me about social media and, and gamers online. It's if you stick with the same thing and you constantly do the same thing, you don't make any changes graphically or uh, overall to the story. Like it doesn't really evolve that much, uh, and there's not a lot of changes. Gamers complain. It's like, oh, why are we doing this? We're playing the same game. We had to play. We had to pay full price. It's essentially the same thing, just a little different change in the story. I.e., everything EA has ever touched in their sports division. Um, then you take a look at when developers do something like this, where they change up the art style, they go outside of their comfort zone, um, and then those same people complain that the changes are made to the game. I personally, Joey, I'm right there with you. I love the art style for Return to Monkey Island. Uh, super excited for this game as well. I think it's perfect. I, I think it looks amazing. Take that chance. Take that risk. I mean, it's video games are art. They're created by a lot of people. It's it's a massive undertaking by hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people. And, you know, you may not like it. It may not be for you, but that art style is going to speak to somebody. And that's all that matters is it hits home to the gamers that are playing it, that want to play it. And, and that's the big thing here. I think it looks great. I think it's fantastic. I love the abstract style. I like thinking outside the box. I don't need constant crisp 3D, uh, you know, real engine five kind of style graphics. I, I, I don't need that. I, something like that, something like Return to Monkey Island, like what we saw with the abstract style, I absolutely love and I applaud developers for thinking outside that box. And I think that's the biggest thing, guys. Like, we want variety in the industry. Not everything needs to be crisp like we're looking right outside of our windows. Sure, it looks amazing to have these Unreal 5 graphics and top-level Unity graphics or whatever the engine may be. At the same point, these different unique art styles, whether they be paintbrush-styled, uh, whether they be just completely something different that we really haven't seen across the board, that's where a lot of these indie developers have stepped in and created some really, really cool stuff out there. Let's talk Sonic Frontiers next, John. Uh, this one was shown earlier this month from Sega. It's one of the games that a lot of people have been looking forward to. Uh, mainly not Frontiers in and of itself, but Sonic making a return to the silver screen, uh, both in the movie and video game format. We really haven't had too many new Sonic games in recent years. Uh, this one kind of taking... Um, I hate to use the comparison, but almost like a Breath of the Wild type of feel. It has a little bit more of that open world aspect to it. Uh, some people, again, have criticized the grass, as it seems to be a common thing in the industry nowadays. Shocker. Um, but overall, this one will be speeding onto your Nintendo Switch later this holiday season. Uh, I'm excited for it. Again, I was not a giant Sonic fan outside of like the original Sega. Like, I don't think I played Sonic since like Sega, probably the Sega Genesis. It was definitely one of the old Sega. I mean, have you played a recent Sonic game? I feel like I it was one of the Sega things that I played on. What did you play recently? I can't tell you the name. I mean, recently is relative. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, the, the ones I definitely remember, obviously, are the Sega Genesis games and the Sega Game Gear game, Sonic mm. Chaos. Um, that Sonic Chaos was probably my favorite Sonic of all time. Um, but I, I'm a big fan of Sonic. I, I love Sonic. I, uh, my favorite character is uh, Knuckles. Uh, Shadow is a close second. Mm. Um, but overall, I, I love Sonic. It's something that I'll take a look at. Um, if I had a, a switch, this um, should be on multiple consoles. This okay, be cool. Everywhere. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Uh, so yo, please bring it to Xbox and or PC and I will play it as well. But yeah, I, I like it. 
Um, uh, but I'm with you. It, I kind of go back to those OG games from the Genesis, uh, whether it's on an emulator or uh, the arcade version available on Xbox or something like that. So, uh, But, yeah, overall, I like it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Sonic, so uh, thumbs up for me. And in this next one, those live with us on Twitch here are seeing Disney Dreamlight Valley. This one, again, was announced a little bit earlier on this summer. Uh, interact with Mickey Mouse and your favorite Disney characters when this one launches September 6, 2022. Again, it's going to be an early access of the game first, and then the full release will be sometime in 2023. Uh, I think this will also be on Xbox Game Pass at launch. So again, Disney continuing to dive into the game space in one way or another. A lot of what they've been doing recently has been partnerships, whether it be for Star Wars or Marvel games. Now kind of bringing back that original Disney IP and diving into the Mickey Mouse world, trying to bring some more of that to life in new, different, unique ways. Disney adults are about to have a freaking heart attack playing this game. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little confused like if it's going to end up being kind of like an MMO-style game or not. They really haven't described too, too much of it. Uh, I know you're clearing out these like strangle thorns of evil uh, throughout the experience. You can build your own house and different things like that, but I don't know too much of if we're talking mass multiplayer or if we're talking very instance, exactly how it's going to work. I mean, what's going to happen when that one player goes up to Mickey Mouse and tries to like drop kick the mouse? Like, are they going to get like insta banned? Are we going to talking like, <laughs> like, like, like Penguin Club or Club Penguin or whatever it's called? Kind of like insta ban when you do something bad or whatever. It's I feel <laughs> like ins like kicking the mouse is not going to be an option, but oh, I, I mean, you never know. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Do our, do some Mickey Mouse impressions for us. Now we're, we're good. We're good. We're fine. It's, yeah, it's, we're going to avoid that DMCA. Co comedy. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the lawsuit from Disney is is more like it. I could care less about the copyright strike on that one. It's the lawsuit that we don't have the money for. <laughs> Pot of luck, what are you in confusion for? Do you not want to dive into Disney Dreamlight Valley? Experience Disneyland and the Stranglethorns or whatever they're called in full <laughs> 3D action? Pretty sure he bought that Disney mod in Minecraft. Like, he subs to that thing. So I, I know Great. he's going to be checking this out one way Great. or another. Uh, a couple more games to mention here. We have Live a Live or Live a Live. I don't remember exactly how it's pronounced. Uh, it's pretty much one of those games where you travel between the past, present, and future. It's a 2D-style animation. Uh, but similar to what we had, um, gosh, it was that other game by Square Enix, Octopath Traveler. Uh, very similar to that art style. It's kind of 2D meets 3D in a unique way. Uh, pixel light game a free demo is now available as of this week uh, definitely worth checking this one out a lot of people are pretty hyped for this game i don't think i've ever played a game in this series but it definitely catches me with its art style for sure yeah i think it looks great uh, again uh more of that old school uh arcadey feel to it uh looks like it's like a super nes game or even going as far back as as a nintendo game uh, i think it looks fantastic i love it when games go a little retro like this uh, and just like really utilizing present day technology, but given the visual aspect of that old school feel, I, I think it looks great. You love to see it. And then for the Japanese players over there and the English players jumping into some JRPG action, we have Dragon Quest Treasures. Uh, this one is going to see you slaying monsters and collecting treasures when it launches later this year in December 2022. Again, all these dates pending delays in today's industry. It feels like delays are uh, here and there almost all the time, regardless if developers want them or not. So keep an eye out for this one, supposedly launching later this year. Moving forward, just a couple more to touch on. Harvest Stella. This was a beautiful game, John. This one came a little bit later on. 3D gaming. Uh, this one is a beautiful farming simulator, as it's described, with combat elements set to release later this year in November, November 4th to be exact. Uh, I don't know too much about this game in general. To me, it sounded kind of like a Harvest Moon-style game, but again, 3D graphics and a little bit more combat. 
not really my typical genre, but I can say Stardew Valley pulled me in for quite a while. So it might be one I check out later this year when it does launch on Nintendo Switch. Other than that, just a couple other announcements. Again, we mentioned all of the different ports coming over. There were a number of really cool indie games announced. Highly recommend checking out the showcase for yourself. And then they kind of closed the show, also mentioning that A Plague Tale Requiem will be available on Nintendo Switch when it launches October 18th, and it will be a cloud version for that game as well. Now, there's one more game to touch on, and this one got its own showcase. This has got to be Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. This is a partnership between Nintendo and Ubisoft, Ubisoft being the main developers on this game overall, uh, but it's definitely one to check out. Mario being a huge popular IP, he's always jumping around, going down pipes, doing his thing, smashing some Goombas. But the Rabbids, John, these little critters, uh, they, they can have a little bit of a T-Spans edge to them, always causing some trouble, making some jokes here and there. Uh, I'm excited for this game. It's not a day one buy for me. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Again, Mario is one of those iconic characters mixed up with these rabid creatures uh, that kind of resemble a little bit of what we see with minions in, um, gosh, what is it, Despicable Me, I think was the original series for those? Uh, since you made that comparison, I no longer like this game. I'm not a Minions fan at all. Uh, so, yeah, I, I no longer care about this game, Joey. You completely ruined it for me, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, no, I, the game looks great. I, I think I think it's a I think it's a unique partnership. I think it's going to be really fun and unique. It's a different take um, on Mario for sure. Uh, and anytime you add Mario with anything else, it's it's always going to pop off. Mario is is the best selling uh, character and video game franchise for a reason. Um, so it it makes sense. It's it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I really like the look of the graphics, but the rabbits things are just really odd to me. Um, you do see some Goombas and other creatures that we do know from the Mario series in here as well. But these rabbits being dressed up as thieves and all different other... We have a star rabbit that you guys are seeing on screen as well. Uh, a number of different costumes and critters that these guys end up mixing themselves into. It will be interesting to see how this one all plays out. It kind of has a little bit of a Mario Galaxy edge to it. Lots of different planets, lots of space, uh, which seems to be a big theme of the gaming industry in general this summer but a number of different cool-looking landscapes to take part in. Uh, I guess you'll be collecting stars, not really 100% sure, but I'm assuming that's what we're kind of seeing here. Um, but the the rabbit with the mustache and the Mario hat, John, I just, some of these character designs I just can't quite get over. That's going to be the person you have to save at the end of the game. It's not Peach. It's the rabbit with the mustache. Yeah, it is definitely <laughs> interesting. Oh, my gosh, this chat. I tell you, chat is crazy. Um, okay, so yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that one. Again, guys, a lot of games shown here. This was a mini partner showcase, supposedly. Over 25 games were shown, and then we did have Mario and Rabbit shown later in the week as well. So a lot of cool Nintendo action coming. And guys, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There are other things that have not been announced, like some Zelda ports and remasters working their way over. Uh, Splatoon comes out later this year. Supposedly, there's a Metroid project that should be coming out later this year, plus other Metroid projects in the works. So Tons of different things to look forward to on Nintendo Switch. Plus, Pokemon comes out in November as well. So you're going to be packed full of action over there with your Joy-Cons in hand. Next up, let's take a look at Cuphead. This is one of those games that I love and hate at the same time. Uh, phenomenal art and design. Really cool 2D original Mickey Mouse style feeling to it uh, with that classic Disney style animation. On top of that, mixing it up with some great humor and some really... Uh, let's call them punishing bosses, uh, very much coming out, knocking you down time and time again as you kind of memorize their patterns. Uh, it looks like things will be very similar here in the Delicious Last Course, adding six bosses, plus a number of mini-bosses, a new character, new weapons, and more. 
John, I am stoked for this, even though I know it's going to frustrate me quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I'm here for it. I'm 100% here for it. Joey, the OTN community and our listeners demand you stream the Delicious Last Course live on OTN Media's Twitch page so we can, so we can enjoy your frustration and watch you slowly break down mentally as this game causes you such anguish. Uh, I, I want, I'm, I'm here for it. I want it. The rest of the community wants it. Joey, will you give the people what they want? I mean, John, I think they I, maybe with a caveat. So there's this thing that they call co-op mode in this game. Uh-uh. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it's only couch co-op, so we might lose some controllers in the habit of it. Um, but that could be a fun stream. Us playing through some Inkwell Island action with some Cuphead. I've heard the six bosses in this are even harder than the original game. And again, I have not beat the original game. So it could definitely be uh, probably a week-long affair trying to work our way through that one. And T-Span says we can use Parsec to make it work. Of course. Thank <laughs> you for the Parsec shout-out. Not a sponsor of the show, but again, they do come up quite a bit over here. So we'll keep an eye out for that one again. This is the first, last, and final, I believe, DLC for Cuphead. So if you guys want to check that out, it's seven ninety nine, available everywhere as of today. Next up, we had Spark 2022, a big conference, I believe, over in China. I don't 100% know if it was held there, but Tencent definitely made a scene for themselves over there, showing 44 different products. On top of that, one of those was their start engine, something a lot of people have been looking forward to seeing. We do have a demo to show here as well. Uh, this is phenomenal. The level of detail and design in this engine is incredible to me. We have a number of other really cool engines out there. ID Tech has a really cool engine with their seventh version. Unreal 5 looks phenomenal as well. But what we're seeing so far in the start engine seems to be one of the best engines to date. So much detail shown in what is, I believe, a dinosaur being shown in the original showcase. Uh, a number of other cool foliage things that they'll show throughout this as well. Um, but overall, Tencent really developing some crazy cool gaming projects as well as engines. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the lawsuit from Jurassic Park because uh, this is, I'm pretty <laughs> sure this was uh, a scene directly from the most recent movie. Uh, so uh, that's a copyright infringement. Uh, that is an IP infringement, and I think there should be a lawsuit. Wow. Yeah. How do you really feel? I don't know. Uh, no, I think it looks great. Uh, overall, I think it looks fantastic. Uh, it, it, it's crazy to see where we are graphics-wise. For That is disgusting. Uh, the spit <laughs> flying at the screen. My God. Uh uh, that looks so real. Uh, it, it's really awesome to see how far we've gone graphically in the last five years. Again, if you actually rewind 20 years uh, based upon graphic-wise, it's been such a major jump in 20 years versus the 20 years prior to that. Uh, and that just goes to show the power of technology and, and this, the understanding of how we can push these computers and these systems to new limits. Uh, I, th I think it's fantastic. I think it looks amazing. Uh, so, um, you know, kudos to Tencent. I, I think this looks great, and I think it's going to take gaming to the next level. Yeah, I mean, this thing makes my mouth water like that dinosaur in the video. Uh, it just, it's so cool, just the level of detail. The skybox looks phenomenal. The foliage, I mean, the level of scale design, and now you're seeing it as well. They're showing that it can kind of be moved from everywhere. It's not just a certain platform type of engine. It can be designed for PC, for cloud, for uh, mobile devices, for console it does show a little bit of lag here that's not on the stream, that's actually on the video. So still in development. There is work to be done there as well, especially for the cloud portion. But overall, it looks really cool. Again, this was just one of 44 projects they showed. Uh, a number of games as well. We won't dive into all of them, but two that are kind of major reveals that they do mention. Return to Empire. This is a mobile game for Age of Empires. 
It released in China. It's done extremely well so far, and they continue to show different details for that one. Then we have Code to Jin Yong. Uh, this is from Lightspeed Studios and developed completely in Unreal Engine 5. Probably one of the best-looking games we've seen in Unreal Engine 5 yet as well. So Tencent continuing to push the industry forward and continuing to develop some really cool stuff over there. Next up in line, John, your favorite game. Uh, this is Hearthstone, but it's Hearthstone with a twist. So as you guys know, Hearthstone's developed based on the Warcraft IP. John, I want you to talk us through a little bit of Castle Nathria. What is Castle Nathria about in the lore of World of Warcraft? Uh, it's the first raid in the horrible expansion known as Shadowlands. Uh, takes place uh, in... Uh, Oh, why am I blanking on the region? Um, it's where the Venthyr are. Uh, yeah, it, the little it, yeah. vampire. Yeah, yeah, the little vampire dudes here. But uh, but yeah, the, the region's actually really kind of cool uh, in the Shadowlands. It's essentially where the worst of the sinners go for a chance at redemption uh, before they can like take their place, like either in Bastion or uh, oh, Revendreth. That's what it's called. It's, uh, the zone's Revendreth. Um, in Bastion or in Ardenweald. Uh, which are essentially your uh, your heaven, if you will, if you want to equate it to to real life religion. Uh, so it, it, it's kind of a neat thing here because uh, Castle Nathria is where Demathrius, I believe, is his name, uh, which is the leader of the Venthyr until you find out he's in cahoots with the Jailer, causing the Anima shortage. Um, so it, it's kind of a bad place. Uh, it's not exactly. Uh, you know, a, a happy place. Uh, and, and, and this is the guy right there that you end up beating as the final boss uh, for it. Uh, but yeah, the, the, there's a lot of mystery surrounding uh, Castle Nathria and kind of like the, the background of uh, the, the Drathir and everything else. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So this will be interesting. This is going to be called the murder at Castle Nathria. As John said, Sire Denathrius invited 10 of his counterparts and enemies to Castle Nathria for a dinner party. They're going to come over here, address malicious rumors, and some action's going to break out here and there. In the end, Sire Denathrius was found dead, as John was alluding to. Uh, some really cool stuff in here as far as different people throughout the universe making their way in. Uh, on top of that, John, the person who's going to solve as the detective uh, that you were kind of playing as as the player is Murloc Holmes. Uh, oh I am a big fan of that name, <laughs> as you guys can imagine. Uh, so you'll be scouring new location cards, following a trail of infused minions, questioning 10 legendary subjects, and much more in this new expansion when it eventually does launch. You have a new keyword coming in, and that's infused. Anima, drawn from Wayward Souls, powers all of Shadowlands, and those who consume it. Cards with infused keywords sit in your hand and absorb Anima from your friendly minions as they die. After the specified number of friendly minions die while the infused card is in your hand, the infused card transforms into a more powerful version, unlocking some more powers and such down the road. Again, new type of cards as locations. Castle Nathria is like no place Hearthstone has ever seen before. Explore the castle grounds through the all-new location card type. Locations are played onto the battlefield for an initial cost and then have an ability that can be activated for free on your turns each time for a powerful effect. Blotty, blotty, blah. If you guys want to check it out, there's more on playhearthstone.com. Uh, but this does seem like a cool expansion. I love the idea of kind of murder mysteries taking place, the idea of that being infused with Warcraft lore, and finally diving into Shadowlands, which I believe this is the first Hearthstone expansion that does touch into Shadowlands as well. So 
getting that first uh, really expose to that different land I think will be cool with this new expansion and the different mystery behind it and actions and anima and all that goodness as well. How in the world do you have a murder mystery party in a card game? Um, I, you're just going to have to wait and find out. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to find out. I, I'm, well, I'm sure Murloc Holmes will be able to help us out as he goes along. I, I um, swear. Did, did Blizzard reach out to you or something? In, in no, but I freaking that, like, love that name. <laughs> his new Discord uh, also, name is Murloc Holmes. I love Murloc Holmes. I think that is absolutely brilliant. and I'm excited to see how it eventually plays out. I probably won't buy it, but I'll definitely check out some uh, different stories and summaries and such. With that being said, John, do you want to address chat over here? They're not happy that you didn't want to comment on their dinosaur theories. Oh, I have to go back and read it because I'm too busy producing the freaking show on Twitch. Uh, <laughs> let me see here. Um, uh, not to get technical, but those dinosaurs were not in the same time period. They didn't look like so cool. Okay, and 10 cent fails. Okay, that, that, that's, that's fair. That's fair. John, just because you have the window past doesn't mean you have to hold back your thoughts and comments to my take i saw your reaction and honestly i'm triggered offended how you feel what in the world <laughs> we have a new copy pasta over here in we chat. do have, we do um. have a new copy pasta i love it <laughs> absolutely love it uh pot of luck shout out to pot uh pot <laughs> pot of luck <laughs> everything in chat appreciate as always my guy with that being said, we'll transition over to the next topic on the agenda, John, and that's Games Done Quick. We have the schedule, and we can pull it up here on stream. This one has been running since last Sunday and will continue to run through Sunday, July 3rd. On top of that, they've raised nearly $1 million for Doctors Without Borders so far. Guys, they've had so many games being run from classics to newer games. I think the newest game I've seen so far is Halo Infinite on there, but a number of different titles from indies to AAAs, going for speed challenges, going for co-op challenges. Uh, some people are doing hardest difficulty speed run. Some are doing the lowest difficulty, but most glitches used. And there's just so many different cool things involved with this. Do I think I could speed run a game? Probably not. The best way I could do that is clicking Alt F4 like T-Spans has taught us in League of Legends. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's tough to run some of these games and the level of detail and the quick aiming ability that some of these players have. Uh, the, I guess the way to exploit glitches that are in games and which glitches you can exploit and which ones you can't. Uh, it's fascinating to see all the different details with this. So I've been tuning in here and there, watching it get done. Uh, I can't watch everything as this thing, I think, runs 24 hours a day all the way from Sunday to Sunday. But it is really cool to see a lot. And there are, again, still two to three days to show of different things being done on stream. So if you guys want to check that out, go check that out on their website. Which, John, do you have the website up? What's the name of it? Uh, oh, I have it right here in the notes. GamesDoneQuick.com. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thursdays. Um Yes, go check that out. Again, gamesdonequick.com. Really cool stuff being done there. If you're interested in speedrunning or just seeing people perform at the highest ability, uh, using or not using glitches, depending on the game and the challenge ahead, some really, really cool stuff there. And again, Doctors Without Borders is the charity being um, money raised for over there as well. I see you cracking up over there. I'm going to have to time out Pot of Luck there for his, uh, for his reference that he just made. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Full-on sussy baka happening in chat. Let's talk acquisitions, guys. There were three this week that we know of. 505 Games, uh, they're the publisher of Control that won Game of the Year in 2019 from a lot of different, um, I guess, different contests. I think it won, I don't know if it actually won the Game of the Year at the Game Awards, but it did win a number of them for sure. Uh, with that being said, they've added D3Go, a publisher behind popular mobile games like Marvel Puzzle Quest, to their arsenal. Again, this is something we continue to see throughout the industry. A lot of people bolstering up mobile game developers. 
Uh, we had Take-Two by Zynga. We've had Microsoft invest in Activision Blizzard, who has a number of mobile games in the works. Ubisoft also has a number of mobile games currently in the works. And then again, this one here, Marvel Puzzle Quest. Anything that has touched Marvel always has some good possibility. And Match 3 games seem to do quite well overall. So a big acquisition here from 505 Games. Not the biggest, but when it comes to mobile, it definitely doesn't hurt. Rocket Panda, they have acquired the Phantom Breaker IP from Mages. I'll be honest, guys, I don't even know what Phantom Breaker is. But hey, acquiring IP can definitely be valuable, especially if it brings it back to the forefront or to the forefront for the first time in this case. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that one again, Rocket Panda and Phantom Breaker. And then last but not least, Blizzard Entertainment. They said John wants the new expansion to be phenomenal, so they've went out and purchased the studio behind Spellbreak, and that is, I believe it's pronounced Proletariat. Proletariat. Uh, they, again, Spellbreak was the game they're most known for. It popped off for quite a while at launch, but since then, it started to slow with all the other battle royales out there, and this one will be shutting down in early 2023 with Proletariat moving on to the WoW teams at Blizzard, and they will be focusing on the upcoming expansion. Uh, on top of many expansions, probably down the road as well. John, what are your thoughts on these three acquisitions, and in particular, the one with the WoW teams being bolstered? Yeah, so uh, the one with the WoW team, uh, fun fact, everyone, uh, <laughs> Dragonflight is done. Like, it's already developed. Uh, the uh, the patches that are going to be coming out over the next two years are already well under development. Uh, this acquisition, I think we'll see for the next expansion. I think this is what's going to... We might see a little bit of the... Uh, impact from this acquisition towards the end of Dragonflight. Um, but other than that, I would expect that to really make an impact for the next expansion. Um, but who knows? I mean, Dragonflight's technically not even an alpha yet, so they could possibly come in for the first major patch of this uh, of this new expansion and, and kind of put their footprint on it. Uh, we'll see. But, you know, this is kind of the direction we want to see Blizzard Activision go. Is you know several years ago they were laying off people, uh, now they're being acquired by Microsoft in that uh, almost seventy billion dollar deal, uh, and now they're starting to feel like, hey, look, you know, we can actually start to make World of Warcraft great again. No pun intended. Uh, so they're going to bring in this uh, this studio that has success, uh, and they're going to run with it. And I think that's great. I think this is a positive sign for the World of Warcraft that's facing stiff competition from other MMORPGs out there. Uh, so I think that's great. I think it's fantastic, and I think we'll see some major improvements to World of Warcraft, fingers crossed, here going forward. Yeah, I mean, I think all of these are definitely good acquisitions in their own right, some smaller than others. Uh, with Spellbreak being shut down, this studio was looking for something else. It could have been one of those situations where it's, hey, we need to either get acquired or be laid off. Unfortunately, you never want to see people get laid off, but in this case, an acquisition probably did save this team. Uh, now, we've seen Blizzard... Uh, really, Activision in general buy a lot of studios and merge them into each other. Uh, some for better, some for worse. Uh, when we do look at Call of Duty, it's like, I think it's 10 studios at this point working on Call of Duty, which some people feel like they went a little bit overkill, taking teams like Toys from Bob, or Toys for Bob, rather, working on Call of Duty, uh, as opposed to other new games, like it's worked on Crash Bandicoot, it's worked on Spyro in the past. So there is a little bit of a delicate balance between allowing teams to have their own unique new IPs, as well as working on legacy IPs or working and kind of falling into these bigger teams like a Call of Duty, like a World of Warcraft. Uh, in this case, as you said, John, WoW 
I feel like Shadowlands didn't quite deliver at the rate people wanted it to, and Battle for Azeroth fell short in certain regards as well. So I feel like they've made some improvements, but there's still plenty of an improvement to be made. Something like Spellbreak brought a lot of unique new concepts to the table. Uh, WoW's PvP is not really at the hottest state it's ever been right now, and I feel like they could bring some unique ideas to that level as well. Uh, we'll see how this ends up developing, but again, I do think of Teams to Merge, this is one that was kind of on the back burner, one that potentially might not be around today if this merger didn't happen. So I do think the acquisition here is probably a good move for both parties involved, and it should be one to be interestingly, one to be interested in watching play out, rather. So we'll keep an eye on that one again. Probably more acquisitions coming as the industry continues to consolidate throughout. Uh, we did see a letter come from one of the top work unions, uh, really in, I believe it was media in general, uh, come through approving, or rather, fighting for the side of Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard as well. So again, the FTC is the one having the final say there, uh, but a number of companies, unions, and such continue to speak in favor of that acquisition. We'll see if it continues to move in that direction as it could close sometime this fiscal year now that we've entered into fiscal year 2023. Uh, it'll be sometime between this June and next June, so we'll see if it does get approved or not. Um, but again, more and more of these will probably happen across the industry as well. Any other gaming news that you want to touch on, John? I feel like a number of things have happened. Um, we had the Robin gameplay as well this week in Gotham Knights. I know you're a big fan of Robin and just the Batman IP in general, and it's one of those things that I'm super intrigued by the Court of Owls being included in that game. Was there anything in particular that stood out to you in the Robin gameplay from this week? Yeah. Um, so not only is it the classic Tim Drake setup with his bow staff um, and his just ability to outsmart uh, his enemies, uh, he, he's going to get like a, a teleportation uh, uh, ability, almost like a blink, if you will, if you're a League of Legends player or a flash, uh, where he can do small uh, transport moves uh, to kind of get around, be a little bit more stealthy or use it to get around your enemy and attack uh, from behind. I think that's a really, really cool mechanic. I think overall, all the characters in Gotham Knight bring a very unique kit to the table. But Tim Drake's Robin, I think, brings probably the most unique kit with the most versatility and play off of... Uh, his his basic uh, skill set. Uh, so I'm super excited for it. I'm a big fan of Tim Drake. I, it's, it's obviously my, my favorite Robin out there, uh, favorite version of Robin. Uh, so I'm super excited for it. I think it looks great. The the 3D model looks fantastic. The gameplay looks sick. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very, very excited for it. So again, guys, that one heading out in October later this year, assuming everything stays on schedule, one to look out for, some really cool, unique characters. And again, edging themselves away from Batman, bringing four different, unique, playable characters into this one. Uh, next up, John, just touching on a few more games before we transition over to esports and wrap up today's show. Let's talk Valorant. Uh, they've recently updated their terms and conditions to allow for them to record and evaluate in-game voice communications. Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts as well as chat's thoughts on this overall. I think the main reason from it, based on everything I've read so far, uh, is to kind of come through and try to help combat some of that toxicity. We've seen a number of toxicity, uh, especially toward women in games in general, um, but in FPS games, in League of Legends, in Riot games in general, it's been very bad. Uh, Valorant is one of those games where if someone hears a voice that is maybe feminine or in a different tone to their own, they end up becoming more and more toxic, and it's been tough for Riot to chase down different people who are in those situations, whether it be cheaters or whether it just be plain out really toxic people in general. Uh, and they're hoping that voice comps will be able to help alleviate some of that, both on the toxicity side as well as that cheating side, trying to catch on to people a little bit sooner. Uh, I'm okay with this. Now, again, I'm not someone that really divulges my secrets into game chat uh, or someone that really is super toxic in general. I mean, 
uh, as many of you guys know. So it, it will be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm personally in favor of it, but I know a lot of other people feel like this is kind of infringing on their privacy as well. I mean, look, you don't want to have your voice chat recorded because you're a toxic player. Well, one, um, if you're worried about it, don't be toxic. Two, uh, if you're really that worried about it, don't play the game. You have that option as a player. Go play CSGO. Go play something else that doesn't record your voice. At the end of the day, I applaud Riot. They, they saw an issue, uh, and they are attacking it head on. I give them 100% credit for that. It is absolutely disgusting the amount of times that I will log on to a game and there's a female gamer on my team or someone that has uh, a feminine voice or someone that has a voice that is not deep and manly and they're automatically criticized and harassed because of it. And that is 100% disgusting. Uh, you do not discriminate ever, period, end of story, regardless of the person's voice, the person's uh, gender, uh, sexual orientation, whatever it is, you just don't do it. You, you don't discriminate. You don't make those assumptions. You're there to play a game. You're not there to make a political stance. You're not there to, to push your, your religious ideologies on people. You're there to play a video game. It's as simple as that. Leave the hate. Leave the toxicity behind. There's no reason to attack female gamers. There's no reason to attack gamers that are different than you. It's absolutely stupid. And that is why Riot is doing this. Because... The Valorant community has gotten out of hand. Just like League of Legends, it's a very toxic community. And you guess what? If you don't like it, make a change in the community. Speak out. Be a voice of reason. You hear it in the voice chat. Stick up for your fellow gamer. Be like, hey, look, not cool. Knock it off. Serious as that. Like, Report the player. Get them off uh, that gaming platform. Get them banned. Let Riot take care of it. They will ban their IP address. It's as simple as that. Stand up for your fellow gamers. There's no room for that toxic behavior in any video game, let alone Valorant or anything else. Simple as that. Shut up and play the game. It's that simple. Absolutely. The only thing you're allowed to make fun of in Valorant is John aiming at the ground when he comes around corners. Thank you. Other than that, everything <laughs> else is off the table, guys. Uh, so keep that in mind, whether you're playing Valorant, League of Legends, whatever it may be. And again, this is voice comms we're talking about, but there's plenty of toxicity in text messages as well. Whether it be in-game chat, all chat, messages after games. I see you Gears of War lobbies. Uh, I mean, like, come on, guys. Be friends. Have fun. You don't have to be best friends. But, hey, you're all playing something you all enjoy. Maybe some enjoy it more than others. But at the same time, it should be a place that people can go to relax, to have fun. Maybe they can get sweaty, but it can be sweaty without racism and sexism and all these other bad things involved. So keep that in mind as you play games this weekend ahead. And way beyond that as well, obviously. <laughs> Uh, next up, John, is going to be some esports talk. Uh, but first, just to mention, the Overwatch 2 beta is out. Uh, it will be accessible, I believe T-SPAN said, to all players based on an article released by Blizzard. Uh, I think that is by July 14th. So for now, it's still closed. People are getting keys or drops or however you want to move your way in there. Uh, continue to apply on the playoverwatch.com website. But eventually, everyone should be making their way into this test. And then I believe there will be a third test later on this year, if I remember correctly. So again, that is now live. It will be running a little bit into mid-July. And then on top of that, there should be more down the road. Next up in Overwatch, let's talk roster or in Overwatch. In esports, let's talk rosters. Rocket League, Optic Gaming has entered the Rocket League scene and their engines are a rev. John, they have added Mist, Illusion, Drees, and Turbo Pulsa. Some of those names you guys should recognize from Drees to Turbo Pulsa. Uh, a lot of talent on this roster, Turbo Pulsa being, I believe, still the winningest player in Rocket League history. 
uh, coming out there, winning a number of MVPs as well as world championships. He has been around the scene for a hot minute, and he continues to impress. Again, getting up there in age, he's probably a senior in esports at this point. Uh, with that being said, he still finds ways to get the job done, and Optic as a brand continues to do the same, winning across many different esports titles, and I expect Rocket League to possibly be added to that arsenal as well. Yeah, I, I, it's a great pickup for Optic. Turbo Plus, like you were saying, a stellar player, a legendary player. Uh, that name alone will bring the fans, 100%. Uh, I think that's a really solid pickup and a uh, good job to Optic. Great stuff there. And then the banners have been hung in Japanese Apex Legends with Fnatic re-entering the scene. We have Melts Terra, Yuka F, Matsutatsu, as well as Kameneko coming in as well for their roster. So it'll be interesting to see again Apex Legends, typically a three-man squad. So there is another one involved there, I believe, as the coach. But in the end, it will be interesting to see how their re-emergence into the Apex scene, which originally they signed an EU roster and an NA roster. Both found some success in one way or another, but neither really continued to strive throughout the scene. Now they've switched it up and gone to Japan, picking up an Asian team to see if that might end up changing their favor in Apex. With that being said, they've made a lot of growth in Japan, and this could be that next step forward for the Fnatic team. So again, guys, a new roster for Rocket League by Optic and a new roster for Apex from Fnatic this week. With that being said, let's move into the LEC and LCS, the big League of Legends scene. We have a lot going on over there. Just to touch on a couple things, Worlds, the semifinal has been moved from Toronto down to Atlanta. Uh, that will be a change with most of those taking place in North America and now the heavy majority taking place in the U.S. as well. Uh, still a number of other cities involved from Los Angeles to New York, but the semifinals making their way down to Atlanta and unfortunately out of Canada due to COVID. Uh, on top of that, John, the LEC and LCS standings, they're quite awkward at the moment. Uh, it's not G2 or Fnatic or Rogue or Mad Lions up atop of the LEC. It is Excel sitting in the number one spot at the moment uh, with the tiebreaker win to hold on to first. And then over in the LCS, uh, it's not your TSM or your Team Liquid or your Cloud9. It's actually CLG. Counterlogic Gaming, who has spent most of the last couple splits at the bottom of the table, making their way to the top over there. Yeah, hacks, cheat codes. I mean... You, you call it what it is. Uh, CLG's playing out of their mind. Uh, and as a Cloud9 fan, I'm not here for it. Uh, <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's, it's good. Um, the, it's, this creates hype. This creates conversation. Obviously, you don't want one or two organizations running the splits every single time. Uh, you want some parity in the league. You want some competition. And this is what we're getting in this split. Uh, both in the NA and in the EU, in the LEC, LEC and the LCS. And, I, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it, it, it sucks if you're a fan of a team that loses to, to CLG. Uh, but it's great for CLG fans. They've been bad for so long, and I mean so, so long. Uh, so it's good to see CLG bouncing back here. Uh, will it stand for the entire split? I don't know. Uh, but you have to be happy with that 4-1 start up there with Evil Geniuses and Team Liquid. Um, that's... That's an impressive start. We'll see if they're for real. We'll see if they're able to hang on to that momentum going forward. Yeah, I do expect Excel to stay up toward that top five at least. CLG, I just I don't know how long they hold up there, but I am very surprised by that one more than Excel. Uh, somehow continue to do it, though. Somehow after a couple weeks, still up toward the top, and we'll see if they can keep it going, as you said. So weird. <laughs> Absolutely weird. I mean, it's counter to our logic, John, around this show. Uh, we would have never expected that. Which normally is their play style is very counter logic. Hey, there you have it, guys. Uh, next up is Halo. The HCS scene continuing to make its way forward into the second half of the season. We have Halo Orlando's Major now available ticket-wise, as well as Worlds, which will be held in Seattle this year. 
and Halo Fest to be held out there that same weekend. Uh, all of that currently on sale now. They just entered into their second split at the end of May, beginning of June. Uh, I believe the European scene has the Valencia Major coming up here soon, as well as a few other majors like one in Australia, if I remember correctly. But the next big one in NA, the next international one, is going to be Halo Orlando coming a bit later this year, I believe September, with Worlds to follow slightly after in October with Halo Fest. Uh, Halo Fest this year is a new thing. Uh, apparently it's going to be the esports scene plus almost like a mini Halo Con involved. So you're going to have de developer panels, you're going to have product reveals. Uh, maybe that's where we see something about this rumored Battle Royale mode. Who really knows? But again, guys, coming October for that one. So lots of great esports action, whether it's League of Legends, Valorant, Halo, whatever you want to watch. There is a ton going on right now as we enter into the heart of summer and eventually July as of tomorrow. Uh, June went by so quickly. It feels like not E3 was so long ago, but it's really only been about two weeks since then. And we just continue to chug along in the gaming industry. Anything else you want to say today, John? We're just under an hour, getting ready to wrap up here. Again, there was a lot of gaming news, a lot of esports news this week, trying to break down as best we could here for you. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, Games Done Quick, there is another couple days. Go check something out. Uh, whether it's a game you like or maybe a game you've never seen before, it's fascinating to see some of the stuff and the runs that these guys can put together. Uh, some of them are very, very long, so you don't have to watch the whole thing, but definitely go check some of that out. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up today, sir? Yeah, I would love to go check out the uh, Celeste stream uh, for the speed run at 1.24 a.m. Chances <laughs> are I will probably be awake anyway, so I might just watch it from my oh, There you go. I'll give you a call. We'll uh, keep no, you up. Don't. Don't call me, Joey. Just stop. No. <laughs> you would. You totally would, Joey, and, and, and that's okay. I would answer your call at 1 a.m. in the morning. Nation, that is going to do it for this edition of Level Up Live. But before you go, head on over to patreon.com slash OTN and consider becoming a part of the Overtime Network. In return, you will get access to exclusive content that nobody else in the world can get unless they are a part of OTN Media. If you have not done so already, make sure you follow the show here live on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on our podcast feed, please do leave us a review if your podcatcher allows it. The Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else. You can find uh, podcasts on your podcast. Just look us up at Level Up Live or the Level Up Podcast. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we love to hear from our community so much. There are other ways for you to reach out and interact with us. Joey, what are those ways? Absolutely. Head over to that Bluebird app, Twitter, and find us at Level Up Live. That is L-V-L-U-P Live. Uh, in addition to that, you can find the Umbrella Company on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, hit us up with a follow, a like, maybe even a Twitch Prime sub over here on Twitch, or Amazon Prime rather, Twitch Prime, anything goes, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. This show, Level Up, typically Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, make sure you tune in next Thursday, July 7th, as we cover the latest and greatest in gaming and esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor, hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. It's going to be a long one, Joey. A three-day weekend. Let's go. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, Level, level Up. up.